0: What's up? Welcome to MyFi. I want to give a shout out to Carden Records, sponsor for this episode. Carden Records is a local record shop in Braselton, Georgia, near where we record the MyFi podcast every time. Uh, they actually don't have a website. They're a really small record shop. They're on social media at Cardin Records, uh, everywhere. Carden Records Everywhere, C A R D E N Records, Carden uh, Records. And I mentioned this to tell you support your local record shop. There's a lot of record shops in the country, and I love knowing the record shop owners and hearing about new music and buying new music. So today's sponsor, Cardin Records, that's my local record shop. Go find your local record shop and support uh, buying vinyl, cassettes, CDs, whatever kind of physical music that you're into. So go show the love to your local record shop. And I want to say a shout out and thank you uh, to John Carden at Cardin Records. So you ready? let's get into it. All right, man. Welcome to MyFi. My name is Lee Baker. I'm the host of the MyFi podcast. Glad you guys are with us today uh, for pilot episode 002. It's going to be going to be awesome. Um, been an interesting day uh i was going to record this intro a little bit earlier but um there's trucks in my neighborhood making noise and uh, i had to wait a little while and um my kids are finishing up the school year had to go uh to an awards ceremony today proud of my kiddos finishing finishing school strong this year they're they're COVID kids in the sense that they had like a year and a half of school that i never experienced, like not going to school and doing school remotely, you know, when, when I was young and, uh, just super, super proud of them and all the kids who made it through, you know, that season and are hopefully, hopefully wherever you're listening from, the kids are back in school and things are, you know, getting back to, to normal, it feels like. So anyway, man, it's, it's, uh, this this year has been an incredible year of record releases. Uh, I always like to talk about something I'm into personally in the intro of the show. And today, uh, I want to talk about a record by Our Lady Peace. If you're watching the video of this, I've actually got the vinyl in my hands. An incredible album, uh, Spiritual Machines 2. They made uh, Spiritual Machines. I want to say that the original record, I should have looked this up, but I want to say the original record came out in... 2000, maybe 2000. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the year 2000 that came out spiritual machines. The first record was based on a book written by Ray Kurzweil. Ray Kurzweil invented, um, uh, a keyboard, the Kurzweil keyboard, and he's also a futurist. And on that, re- that record was a response to some of his predictions for the future. And I'm not going to get into all of that, but the record was amazing and it matched all that. And, and, it's super interesting. It really is. You should you should look it all up and, and read about it. Uh, this record is based on Ray's new predictions, and it's just a really great rock and roll record. Our Lady Peace is one of my favorite bands growing up. Actually, when my wife and I started dating um, for one of our little dating anniversaries, you know how you do when you're young, uh, she bought me the first Our Lady Peace uh, album on CD, Navid. Uh, and so you should go check that out to the both those i just love when bands um keep making new music. There's a lot of bands who've been around for a long time and they kind of have their four or five records and they'll tour those. And I love nostalgia. I think that's great. I, I love those bands as well. You know, if I could still see those bands that aren't making new music as much, but I love when bands who've been around for, you know, 25 plus years, like Our Lady Peace really has, are still making just incredible records. And Spiritual Machines 2 is, it's a great rock record. It's super interesting. The production's amazing. Dave uh, Siddick from from TV on the radio, produced this record uh, with the band. Um, Rain Maida is rhyming just in, out of his mind. Uh, he's a great songwriter, so so make sure to check that out. Um, on the show today, I have a friend of mine, Timmy Allen. Timmy is an animator uh, on MyFi. We love to interview uh, creatives, um, artists, musicians, entrepreneurs about the music that influences and inspires their life. Timmy's also a drummer. We, we talk about that a little bit in the episode. Um, but he grew up in South Florida in the OOs. He's an incredible animator. He's worked with Coca-Cola, J.P. Morgan, Chick-fil-A, just, I mean, and numerous others. Uh, he animates digital art. Um, for uh, bumpers or stingers or telev- com- television commercials or, or, or whatever the need is. Uh, he's a super creative guy. He actually made the stinger for Mi-Fi. Uh If you're watching this episode, uh, it was based on a logo that was done for us by another friend of mine named Jonathan uh, Maloney. And they're a part of a creative collective called The Brightful and uh, you can check them out at the Brightful Co on social media or the Brightful.co as their website. Um, but Timmy, man is just I admire him so much as an artist. He's a great dad. He's a great friend. Uh, and he's super into a genre of music that I didn't really grow up around or ha- am, am very deep in. Uh, he grew up in Florida in the OOs uh, kind of. and so a lot of great music came out of that scene in South Florida. We talk a lot about that, and uh, man, it was just a great episode. Uh, before we jump into the episode, I want to give a shout out to Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is how we make the MyFi podcast each and every time. Uh, we're on every podcast platform thanks to Anchor Anchor.fm, uh, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast. you can listen to MyFi. You can also watch the video version on Spotify, or you can watch the video version of the podcast on YouTube. Uh, so look those up. Uh, you can follow everything and connect with everything at myfipodcast.com as well. Uh, but shout out to Anchor FM for being an awesome platform for podcasting. And uh, their partner, Riverside FM, is where we do our video stuff. So thanks to those guys. And thank you for being here and listening to Pilot Episode 002 uh, with Timmy Allen. Let's get into it. I had a little hiccup there.
1: What uh, happened? I don't know. I don't know, dude. It, you were it, there and then you bounced to there. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine, though. What's up? How are you, dude? I'm <laughs> um, well. How are you, Lee? It's good to see
0: you. Yeah, you too, man. Um, what you been working on? Oh, gosh. I told all the listeners you're an animator, uh, uh-huh. a designer, primarily animator, but what, what have you been working on? Tell me, Tell me what you're doing.
1: Well, most animators are usually like NDA'd out of their mind, and they can't actually like talk about the stuff that they're working on. I am nice. not that kind of an animator. Um, All right, luckily, we get the dirt. Yeah, 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 I mean, it's 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 not it's nothing too crazy right now. It's a lot of the same. Uh, I've got one really great recurring client uh, that I've been working with for like three ish years. They're called the Media Indie Exchange. Nice. Uh, basically, doing like uh, showcases on Twitch and YouTube, kind of centering around like the video game space, yeah. mostly like indie games and stuff like that. Um that's so so I'm working on another showcase with them uh as we get closer to kind of like the big season. So if anyone knows anything about video games, there's like one big season right at the beginning of summer. Usually uh the electronic entertainment expo E3 is is the thing that kind of leads that season. Yeah. But with COVID and everything kind of getting shut down and going digital, uh there was an opportunity for uh the mix, Media Indie Exchange to um, go from like these in-person booths at these big showcases to something a little bit more like digital, you know? So, oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I got, I got hit up with the opportunity. They, they, um, a podcast I was listening to at the time, kind of funny, they posted about, they were teaming up with media and the exchange and they shared the logo. I took the logo, which was just like a flat little piece of art that they posted on, on Twitter, uh, I recreated the logo in 3D and just did some animation to it, and then used Twitter to post it back and said, "Oh man, you know, nice. if if y'all don't have like an animator yet, if you don't have show graphics, lower thirds, transitions, bumpers, stuff like that, I was like, this is the kind of thing I did. I took your flat logo, I spent you know an hour and a half, two hours, recreating it, building it, doing some fun animation stuff to it. Uh, I would love to partner with y'all and and help build that showcase with you. So that was." That's awesome. All in 2020, and then yeah, we've been we've done that specific. This will be our third one, um, and it's it's in uh, it's in June. I think it's like June 14th or something like that. It's on a Saturday, that's so awesome. we're building that now. Um, so that's that's the big thing that there I maybe it
0: feels like because of COVID, there's like more work than ever for digital creators. Oh. In- yeah, that's not my well, world. I mean, so I may I may use the wrong terminology. You f- feel free to connect, uh, correct sure. me. Uh, but it feels like there's like tons of work out there for digital creators right now because COVID has put everybody in that situation.
1: Yeah, I think work from home uh blew up obviously in COVID. There yeah. were a lot of agencies um you know leading up to COVID that uh, I was able to work with remote. There were a few opportunities that popped up that when I I applied to kind of be a part of that team for that season, um. Just my distance, whether whether it was a, a New York-based company or uh, a California-based company, uh, they just they they were a little like reluctant at the time to jump into um, work from home stuff. But now, I mean, I've, there's tons of agencies that aren't even back, like into their in, in their in their building into their actual space.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Um, which is, I mean, honestly, it feels like there's probably that's probably a good thing for the agency because that means that that rent overhead maybe disappears or yeah, yeah, you know.
0: Whenever. Well, with all the work out there, like, obviously, MyFi, we're all about music, uh, just interviewing people, finding out what influences and inspires you as a creative person, animator, digital creator. Is there stuff you listen to like while you're making like, do you have a go? Well, let me ask this. Do you have like a go to record that you're like, okay, that's my or a playlist or something. That's my work playlist or record. And what is that?
1: Yeah, I work with uh, I work with a couple of guys uh, really frequently, you know, in the same space where they will listen to music with words and stuff and depending on my mood, I'm more or less I'll I'll listen to soundtracks, I'll listen to like lo-fi playlists because the I'll I'll start singing along and I'll yeah, start yeah. kind of getting distracted. Yeah. Um so I'll I'll mostly jump into like lo-fi stuff, uh, but again, if if I'm in a place where Uh, I also work with like VO and stuff, so it's hard to listen to music while Uh, doing VO, like on like explainer videos. Like if I have a client who's asking, you know, for an explainer on like how to use their app or whatever, it's important that I'm hearing. So, um, if I'm just working on something completely artistic that has, you know, none of that stuff, um, it'll, it'll, it'll either be like indie rock or it'll be like hardcore, uh, think like tooth and nail solid state, like two thousands, like, like who, give me some examples. Give me some bands. Uh, well, I'll list I'll all go, these I'll, in the show
0: notes. I love. We'll list all the bands we talk about there in the episode. We'll list them in the show notes. Sure. So you can go, so you can go check them out. That's one of the reasons why we we do my is so people can find out about bands maybe they never heard of before.
1: So okay, well, so give me some examples. It, it, man, I. A lot of these will feel pretty mainstream if you're so I'm a I'm a I'm a Christian kid. So I grew up listening to like Tooth and Nail and Forefront Records and stuff like that. yeah, So, you know, we're talking, you know, DC talk, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but in that kind of season that we're talking about where like my artistic stuff started kind of really coming out, uh, it was a lot of solid state bands. Uh, i lose a lot of Under Oath. Uh, there's a lot of Blindside um dead poetic is one of like my favorite bands in the whole world and then what's great about dead poetic is brandon reich the the front man went on to start uh tension division i think that's the name and you might not know tension division but you've seen tension division so they're like responsible for some of like the most prolific like big like Hmm. artist album packaging oh wow Uh, i I know you don't love Twenty One Pilots, but you think about Twenty One Pilots, which is the which is the the Timmy um, and I are friends most- and we've
0: talked about this. So we are. Yes. He
1: it. he had asked me a question one time about uh, something that was you know inspiring me and I was like, oh that new 21 Pilots album and he's just like oh okay. And I was like, no man, let's <laughs> let's get into it, let's figure yeah, this yeah. out.
0: I, I'll give it a chance, I promise. I promise.
1: Yeah. So uh so yeah, so Dead Poetic was huge. I remember seeing Dead Poetic uh in 2004 at Cornerstone, Illinois. And there's a song called "The Venus Venus Empty," so it's like the empty vase or something like that, or glass in the trees. I can't remember, but there's like this bridge. It's about a friend that I think he hadn't, um, he maybe had a falling out with, or it was a friend that maybe, and again, I'm gonna use a, a Christianese word that he didn't like witness to, and yeah, that yeah. friend had either tragically died or committed suicide. I don't want to mess that up. But something happened to his friend and he had passed away. And the song was about like his opportunity to talk to him about Jesus or whatever had like lapsed. And now he's feeling like guilt for it. So I remember seeing them in 2004 and being so marked by his performance of the song. And then that bridge, I think he he walked off stage because he couldn't perform and he couldn't bring the words up. And I think New Medicines had been pretty i think it'd been pretty new where the band just kept kind of looping and playing through the bridge hoping he'd maybe come back up oh man he'd come back up and then like four minutes later like they just started kind of vibing and like jam banding and then he came back up and they got back into the groove and then ended the song i remember that was like one of these like there's like a real memorable thing for me but yeah they were super they're a super big um influence uh of mine just loved that definitely screamy yeah yeah, yeah. Huge. That's
0: still stuff you listen to while you work. Mhm. Yeah. What was
1: yeah, Absolutely. What
0: was the first what was the first like that was a live music experience obviously that like marked you? Mm-hmm. What was the first experience? What what, what do you um when, well, there's two questions here. What was the first time you ever heard live music in your life that you can remember?
1: Uh, it'll probably have to be It'll have to be church, right? Mm. Uh, but we're talking like like electric drums. We're talking like brass section. Yeah. Like 1990s, like early 1990s, like contemporary, like Christian worship. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that was like the first experience that I had listening to music, really. My father also like loved m- music, you know, so he had – a, a huge list of like records that he kept from like super tramp to like Lionel Richie. Yeah. Uh, 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 CCR. Like he had so many really cool uh, albums that if I could have those today, they would like just be treasures. Uh, oh man. To me. So do you know where they are? Was it? No, I'm sure. I'm sure dad left them at some point, you know, in in us moving around, I'm sure he left them somewhere or, Yeah, bartered them off or traded them or something. But yeah, I don't. I don't think those are anywhere. Unfortunately,
0: I had a a similar experience. My my dad. uh, uh, I'm sure I heard. I heard live music. You know, when you're a kid, you hear live music. You know, Mm -hmm. church or school. ABC song. You know, whatever. But uh, Mm -hmm. I remember my dad gave me a box of. These eight tracks that he had in high school, you know, and that was and that was pretty marking for me too. So Yeah, yeah. Uh oh there, another
1: thing I actually one of the things I just remembered was you had mentioned uh you had asked like uh hearing music. So after uh after church, one of the things that we always did when we would drive home is uh Magic One oh two point seven in South Florida. Uh and where was, was that? always where did you grow up South up in Florida? Lauderdale, L- I, I grew or? up in South Florida, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like okay. thirty minutes from Fort Lauderdale, it's Coral Springs, Florida. Okay, okay. Home of Newfound Glory. Um we can get into that. Nice. That's, a whole, other, that's yes. a whole other topic. Uh I remember driving home from church listening to Magic 102.7, and uh every every Sunday they would do something called Beetle Brunch. So it was like two, I th- it's fuzzy. It was either two or four straight hours of just like just beetle songs. Back to back to back to back. So we would start it on the ride home and then that dad would turn epic. it on at home. We'd make egg sandwiches. We'd do the whole hanging out at home post church stuff, taking naps, listening to the Beatles. It was great, man. That was a good time.
0: That's amazing. So you Mm -hmm. you hear that stuff now? That's the that's the thing. That's the memory. Yeah, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yep. Uh, uh, What do you remember? What was like the first record you bought with your own money? Like not that was given to you or you heard, but like you went out and purchased of your own volition.
1: I'm almost positive this is the right answer. It's definitely the one that came to my mind first, and it's the one that sticks out the most. Uh, it was Fuel's Sunburn. Oh, my that gosh. Had, yeah, it had Shimmer on it. Yeah, dude.
0: Hemorrhage. Yes. No, no, no.
1: Hemorrhage was from New Humans. That was their second album. Oh, was it? Yeah, that was oh. the one with, like, the silver-faced thing oh, with, yeah. like, the, the eye I actually burning. saw
0: them. Uh, my wife and I saw them open up for Aerosmith on the Just just Push Play Tour in Dallas uh, in, like, 01, maybe.
1: Whoa. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I, that I had didn't... to be the Hemorrhage album. Yeah, yeah, it totally was. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember they
0: did that song, but what what'd you say? What was the single off of that first record? I think
1: it was Shimmer. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Is that the kind of the music the video color. they were...
1: Uh huh. And the yeah, music video, yeah, they were on like the stage that moved around, and there was yeah. people everywhere. Uh, I, man, I remember having an argument with my father, uh, trying to explain <laughs> the album cover to him, and like coming up with a reason why, like this dude was sitting in a chair, like holding the sun and kind of like uh, like melting. Um, it was a lot. It was easy because my my older brother Ryan, uh, bought a lot of Alice in Chains albums. So oh man, those those covers those covers were pretty rad also like why is there a three-legged dog why is there a person in the dirt like melting in the desert oh
0: yeah those records were huge those records were huge huge for me i know we have a a few years in between us but i can't Mm -hmm. it feels late to me uh knowing i'm 43 um how old are you
1: uh i'll be 40 in november
0: okay okay so you're 39 Mm -hmm. so fuel i'm assuming you bought a cd yes it was a cd Okay. So that was the first yeah. See, my, my first were albums and I guess those were given to me and then cassette tapes. And it's mm-hmm. funny, that it, it seems, did you just not, were you not into music or did you just not buy it? Or it seems, that seems like.
1: Well, the question was that I later. bought with my own money. I remember buying. Oh, okay. Um, well, well, rather, I remember my mom buying things like uh, all the DC Talk albums, all the Carmen albums, because again, we were in like a staunch like Christian Christian home. So like, we're talking Phil Driscoll and Sandy Patty and these all show these, notes, like, so yeah. I, have, I have Alice and Chains next to Sandy Patty. Uh huh. Yeah, it's gonna uh, it's gonna be wild. I can't yeah. wait for that. Like someone to put that playlist together for yeah. like a long car ride. <laughs> That's
0: what you should and do. You so- should put a playlist together of everything, and then we'll. Put that in the show notes,
1: dude. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, that's something that's you should thing. for sure do. Is yeah, have your guests right. put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I right. mean, that's I'm not going to do it because I'm far too busy. But you yeah. know, <laughs> other 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 people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll,
0: I'll, yeah. We'll figure that out. We'll see if we can figure that out. But at least all the all the artists we're talking about. Even I'm trying to write them down. Even as we mention them. Uh, so if you're watching yeah. this on YouTube or Spotify video or something, I keep looking away. It's because I'm trying to keep up with all the bands we're mentioning. Uh, yeah. So you had stuff before. You listened to stuff. It just wasn't.
1: I did. Bought with your own money. Of,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, mom mom and dad were pretty generous with like if if something if something made sense um and didn't look too scary and we were buying it, you know, more or less in like a Christian bookstore like a Jacob's Ladder or Lifeway or yeah. something, they're <laughs> they're usually like, "No, no, we're good. We'll we'll get this." Uh, yeah. Again, until the kind of Tooth and Nail phase showed up and you start getting bands like Showbread and yeah, my parents are like, what is this? I'm like, don't yeah. worry about it. It's, it's great. You want to understand. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. You, you lived in
0: Florida at a time where I also lived in Florida from 02 to 2014. I was up in the panhandle. You were in South Florida, but I remember there was a massive outbreak of like OOs. I'll, I'll say indie rock or alternative rock bands that all came out of Florida. Uh, Under Oath being one of those, like I know they were a little mm-hmm. more like hardcore, um, yeah, but yeah. there was there was like Copeland and Amberlin and mm-hmm. all of those bands, and you were in a band at that time as well, playing mm-hmm. drums, right?
1: Yeah, we were. Yeah, we had we had a couple different versions of of the band, but yeah, we were we were in that same kind of hardcore hardcore scene. We were seeing people like Shia Lude come through. We were seeing early Under Oath with Dallas coming through. Um, yeah, man. Just take me back. <laughs> like yeah. it was I mean, such well, a good time, man. It was yeah, so awesome. Well, I'll I'll describe it as like um
0: like in maybe the early eighties. I mean, obviously I uh, I wasn't too old or even born um during some of this, but like I I hear when when I talk to people about the punk rock movement of the late seventies, early eighties mm-hmm. in like New York and even in London or you know, I feel like there was little pockets of that of indie music all over the country and small to medium-sized venues and bands could you know, be crappy and work it out yeah. with their friends. Yeah. And and then I heard about the same thing, you know, when I was growing up in the nineties, I was in a crappy garage band and, you know, we just yeah. got together and sucked and, you know, just made loud noises and we figured out how to play music together. And I feel like that that happened again in the OOs with bands like that. And so many of them came out of Florida. Like what, what were some of those bands that you remember going like, Oh my gosh, they were great. And I remember seeing them in a little venue and they were great. Who who were some of those folks?
1: well not to take it back uh dead poetic's not a florida band but i remember they came through uh they were doing like a like a skate park in pompano beach florida Hmm. and i remember uh we had a show so it was like a it was they'd like dual booked the space um they had the later slot we had the early slot and like the show wraps basically they kick everybody out and then invite everybody back in and I mean, seeing them was the, it was, was insane, was formative. Uh, other local Florida artists, uh, again, you start seeing, um, like newfound glory started showing up, uh, I want to say my eighth grade year, uh, hmm. was, was where they like actually started like cutting their teeth. So this was before sticks and stones. This was before they like really blew up. They were just like a couple of like punks just doing shows wherever they could all over South Florida. Yeah. Um, bands like Sh- I mentioned, Shai Halu earlier, which uh, I think Chad from Newfound Glory helped start. You know, we had Stretch Armstrong down here. Um, we had Chris Caraba figure out Dead Poetic or Dead Poetic. Oh, Chris uh, Caraba Dashboard yeah, Confessional. Yeah, further yeah, he was down here in Boca, mm-hmm. Further Seems Forever was down here. Um, God, what a scene! Yeah, it was great. It was really hard though, being uh, like in the southernmost part of Florida, because it took it took ten hours to get up and down. Yeah. So when, when South Florida was like super hot, um, it was really easy for bands to come down, but it took a while. It wasn't like early zeros. It was like middle to late zeros where bands started seeing like, it's a good idea to make it all the way down to Florida. You'd have bands hit Ocala, you'd have bands hit, uh, Orlando and kind of us. We would always be making drives up to Orlando to see people play at like the back booth or the social or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because bands just weren't, they didn't want to spend the time or the money to kind of go all the way down to just come all the way back up. Yeah. Um, so road trips with buddies to just get to Orlando, which was like a two hour drive from where we were, was, was, was always a good time, but we would, we would be able to see basically anyone. Cause right next to Orlando roughly is, is Lakeland, Florida. So again, you've got Copeland, you've got Amber Lynn kind of hanging out over in that area by Tampa. Yeah. Um, it Was Was, it, yeah, it was, was there one
0: of, was there one of those shows like driving with your buddies to Orlando that you remember like, man, that was that show that was life changing.
1: Well, they had done a, they had done like a broken down version of Cornerstone. Um, when 2005, six, seven, somewhere around there, it was like, like Cornerstone a festival 50, kind of thing. Yeah. It was like a 50, 50, right. It was like 50 bands, $50. Oh uh, man. It was at the fairgrounds somewhere around there. Um, And I mean, everybody was there. I remember seeing Rocket Summer the first time and being like, I I absolutely hate this. (laughs) And then meeting a girl who was like, Rocket Summer is like my favorite thing on the planet. And just being like, I love this. And then all of a sudden, like somehow, (laughs) somehow it all clicked. And I was like, this is great. Yeah, it's amazing how that happens. There was a there was a, a solid state tour that came all the way down to South Florida. It was the Young Bloods tour. It was the very first Young Bloods tour. It had the Chariot, which Josh oh, Scogin from yeah. the original lineup for for Norma Jean. Uh, it had a band called Far Less, which I don't unfortunately know too much about, other than they're freaking fantastic. They're insane musicians. Dude's voice was so good all the like the technical aspects of the drummer and it's just, it was far yeah. less such yeah. a good band. Uh, it also had, he is legend. You know, how many good things can you say about he is legend? Yeah, dude. Who else? Uh figure four. See,
0: I Maybe? wasn't in, I wasn't in that scene a ton. Like I, I, I knew some bands, uh, mm-hmm. obviously I didn't grow up in Florida, but I remember hearing, uh, I mm-hmm. remember being in a Best Buy and, and uh, seeing a dashboard confessional, uh, unplugged album before mm-hmm. I actually saw the unplugged thing. I was playing a ton of music and traveling at that time. And, yeah. uh, and I remember seeing this and then I heard a track from it or saw the, maybe it wasn't the unplugged, Maybe it was the video for, um, uh, screaming infidelities was the song mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. think kind of blew up and not being in that scene, um, and being a little bit older, uh, i caught that and i had caught wind of some of the tooth and nail stuff Uh, for some reason uh, project 86 was a band that like super connected with me from that whole scene um Mm -hmm. and uh and all that but then when i moved to florida there were kids who were five to seven years younger than me who were all about that stuff and so Mm -hmm. we went to tallahassee or lake city or jacksonville or even orlando to like see some of those bands you know or those bands would come through town, uh, we saw Copeland, you know, we saw some of those bands. And then, then I went, wait a minute, what, what is this? It's like all all the, all the emotion that we loved about, you know, nineties alternative rock and like the poetic Mm -hmm. sort of lyric thing. But it felt like it wasn't so far away. Like we were seeing these people in clubs with like, Mm -hmm. you know, a hundred people or something. Or I remember like coffee houses would be like packed with 300 people, you know, and that sort of thing. And it was really, really amazing.
1: Yeah, uh, grunge for me. Uh, so I was old enough to appreciate grunge. Uh, mm-hmm. but it was, it was, un- it was inaccessible. Uh, it mm-hmm. was like this unreachable thing. So for, for a, for a genre that was very like homegrown garage, like just, just, just dirty and raw. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it still felt pretty unattainable and un kind of like I, I was never able to be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, this movement in the, in the O's was like, It felt like how I felt for grunge, but it felt like it was like me. It was like a part of me. It's, it was a part of, like, I could actually sink my teeth into it and be a part of it, contribute to it through the couple of bands that we were in. And just, again, loving music and being able to kind of like drive around and like, see, you know, every time I die or see a day to remember, which again is another great Florida band out of Ocala. Um, it, it it felt like grunge when I was younger, but it felt like I was allowed to be a part of it. And maybe that's just being older and having my own money and having a job and being able to, you know, spend my time and energy and efforts into actually being a part of it versus just kind of being like a spectator and like a watcher of
0: it. Yeah, yeah.
1: But those I know, two things felt really similar to me.
0: Yeah. And I know like there's so much of when we grow up, I, I feel like there's an era of like I don't know, maybe like 16 to 22 where it's kind of like whatever you're listening to in those sort of formative years, maybe even like 14 to 22, like that stuff stays with you almost forever because it's in all these like really formative years of your life. And so I love talking to people. And it it, to me, it's amazing. Like We're not that far apart. We're four or five years apart. But like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's amazing, like even the difference of what influenced you and me. And so even like when I talk to people who are like 28, you know, yeah. there are differences, but I also know that like there's, there are things cause you and I've talked about music, uh, a lot before. Um, what are you listening to now? Like current stuff that's coming out in the last year or so that, that you're just like, man, this inspires me. I'm listening to this while I'm designing, animating, you know, making stuff, sure. whatever.
1: Like, cause I know we love to talk about those formative years music, but what right mm-hmm. now is
0: influencing you?
1: Um, man. So there's, it, it is a wide, wide gamut. Um, it, it, it's obviously always mood based, which I know that you, love you know, you could probably agree with really yeah, well. Love it. I'm actually just gonna, I'm going to pull up my, uh, Apple music just so that I can kind of speak to directly to some stuff. Um, there was, there's one, there's one genre. Uh, I get into everything. There's one genre and I'm not going to beat up on the genre because here's the thing. <laughs> pop country music, uh, <laughs> artists are incredible. Yeah. They're insane vocals talent musicianship uh programming and producing like all that stuff is bananas but there's just something in my head which is weird because my dad's from goody kentucky and i should be able to get down on some on some country music and i lived in (laughs) dallas for two years and i lived in nashville for two years so i won't have any kind of country things but uh anyway uh, so lately a lot of what I've been listening to that new Harry Styles album, I mean, that's only a couple days old, Yeah. but the, the album that he released before this one was unreal Yeah. and it's a shame that COVID hit right after it. And he wasn't able to like tour it and like, yeah. ex- like experiment
0: with it. Um, I had two people so, send me that album today
1: and say, cause oh, they, they know great. I'm not
0: like crazy dialed in to like yeah. really poppy stuff a lot and, and, but they know I appreciate it. So I, ha- I had two mm-hmm. people send me that.
1: His first album felt a lot like, uh, and I know this is heresy for people who really, really love the Beatles. Uh, his, his first album felt like if, if like Paul McCartney, if like the Beatles were a current band, like One Direction was a current band, uh, but still the Beatles, uh, like, like this feels like a Paul McCartney if he were Harry's age in this day and time, like, dude, it's so good. Um... What else? I'd mentioned the the 21 Pilots album that scaled an icy album. I didn't love that album at first because it was way different than all the others before it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I love about it is it was written in COVID. It was written in a time, you know, where like we were all figuring it out and, you know, we were all kind of one side or up sure. the middle. But like everyone was kind of bummed out about everything that was going on. And a lot of like really good, like dark and introspective music had come out, which I yeah, think was yeah. good for everybody. Yeah. Uh, this album came out and it, it was introspective, but it was like, I'm gonna, it feels to me like, like I'm going to be more of like a positive out of this kind of dark place. Instead of like, Mm. let's really talk about all the, all the, the stuff that bummed me out and all the dark stuff that had happened. This scaled and icy album was, you know, mostly just written by, uh, uh, Taylor, Tyler, Tyler, Joseph, I think is the dude's name. Okay, He's insane. So, so. 21 Pilots is one of those bands. Um, you and I had actually gone on a road trip uh like five ish months back. We went on a long drive and, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Battleborn came out. Or yes. Battleborn popped up in your uh like the playlist that you had going. And like, so I've been on a killer's kick a lot lately. Uh getting back into those albums and remembering why I love you know the writing all of those albums. Uh, you know, we've got Post Malone. Uh I am new to Turnstile. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorite so records way, of last year. Yes. Yeah. So I'm uh, way behind the ball on, on Glow On and all the stuff that those dudes are doing. Um, I only really first heard of them uh, when they replaced They replaced a band that canceled Furnace Fest last year. And they were like, well, we'll get Turnstile. And Turnstile came on. I was like, wow, you... And I wish I remembered the original band because it was one of those, it was one of those zeros band that like was like huge. Yeah. And they, they dropped off and then they're like, all right, well, we've got turnstile and it's going to be great. And I'm just being like, who are these guys? Spent five minutes listening to And I'm just like, oh. Yeah.
0: That's okay. one of those bands. If you're not listening to turnstile, you are yes. missing out. It is like this generations. It's like the Gen Z version of great punk rock. Like. Mm-hmm. So their shows, if you find video of their shows, they're just wild. Dude. Wild.
1: So much fun. Yeah. yeah I, I, so I want to go to
0: a show. They were just in Atlanta, which I just, you know, we're north north of Atlanta, but uh they were just here and it was sold out. They 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 booked this I think they booked this tour well before mm-hmm. Glow On, their their latest full length, blew up mm-hmm. and and then they were playing like Terminal West or something here, which is like yeah, yeah. way too small for them. Yeah, uh, yeah. now, you know, they, they could have done tabernacle two nights in a row or something. Um, but yeah, oh my gosh, that's a great, I'm so glad you mentioned them. Uh, that's awesome.
1: Uh, so just a lot, a lot of stuff. Uh, you mentioned that that was your, did you say that was your album of the year last year? It was,
0: it was one of them. It was, it was in my top 10. It was in my top 10. Yeah. Yeah, I always do a little social post in my top 10 and it was, it was in there.
1: Yeah, right on. Because uh, uh, like right out, right when you said that, I was like, "Oh, what would my album of, of the year be last year?" And I dude, there was a four year strong album that came out last year that oh, I yeah. literally, oh my gosh, that album was so good. It's called Brain Pain. Yeah, It was a good one.
0: Yeah, I, man, I forgot what my album, my 2021. Uh, man, I forgot what what was my favorite album. Of, oh, oh, the War on Drugs album. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the mm-hmm. War on Drugs album from last year was absolutely my favorite.
1: Um, yep. I was that was hoping, another band I didn't know about until you showed them to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, these guys oh are Oh, cool. my
0: gosh. They're amazing. I was hoping to catch mm-hmm. them. I'm going to be in Nashville this week, and I was hoping to catch them at the Ryman, and it is obviously oh. sold out.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but uh, they're coming through uh, – or they just came through Atlanta, and I just – couldn't swing it, man. Been going to so many shows at some point. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Do you have any
1: more shows lined up for the rest of this year that you know about? Uh,
0: yeah. I'm going to Nashville this week to a little festival with a bunch of like 80s hair bands. And <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. It's a, it's a festival with um uh Bruce Kulick, Ace Freely, and Vinnie Vincent, who mm-hmm. are all obviously in Kiss. And then like yep. Quiet Riot's playing and Trickster and Vixen and all these. People. It's going to be fun. My brother and I do this thing like once a year, we'll go to some big show together. Uh, and then in a couple of, in a month, uh, we're doing the stadium tour with Motley Crue and Def Leppard and Poison and Joan Jett. Dude. And that was supposed to happen two years ago, uh, but COVID yep. and it got punted. Yep. And so like within like a month, I'm going to see all, I'm, I'm going to be so into the eighties. You're going to not going to be able to get me out.
1: Um, <laughs> the tight uh, pants are going to show yeah, up. Yeah, it's open, in. The it's open in. shirt with all the chest hair and yeah. the i yeah, necklaces. I'm,
0: and, I'm getting new, I'm new leather it. pants. It's It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Uh, the old, the old ones don't fit anymore. No, (laughs) no, dude. No, come on. Uh, (laughs) all right. All right. I I have to ask everybody this, uh, favorite. I'll give you a little leeway, but favorite record of all time. Like you get one desert Island record and people either have no clue and have trouble deciding or Mm -hmm. guess no, like right away, Mm -hmm. but you get one, you can name up to three. Okay. If you have to,
1: uh, so, the first, so, uh, I like to answer these questions not like thinking about it. Like, I, I don't want to spend too much time thinking about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I want to just like immediately answer. Yes. So, the, f- the, these are the three that popped up immediately was Blindside Silence. Okay. So, Swedish kind of singy, screamy uh, hardcore band from, I said that from Sweden. Um, they were on, they were on Solid State for a Spell. They were on, um, they were on like, I think P.O.D. is actually responsible for bringing them over. So, there's another. Yeah, an Atlantic. I think they released a record on Atlantic. Uh-huh. They had a major
0: label. It may not have been, uh-huh. it may have been Universal, but they had a major label album, I remember.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Second album was uh, Catalyst by Newfound Glory. Oh. Uh, and then the third album was They're Only Chasing Safety by Underoath. So, those yes. are those are three, really. And, and, like, you can kind of look at those. Obviously, Under Oath and Blindside are very similar with, like, the Singy, Screamy stuff. Um, so you kind of get that side uh Catalyst is just like all the pop punk you can handle. It's just it's so good. Nice. Um, I did have two honorable mentions but we will Well no, I no. mentioned I yeah. well, I mentioned New Medicine, I mentioned Dead Poetic. That was okay, very Okay, okay. Yep. Formative. And then there's uh there's an indie rock band. I don't know where they're out of, but I remember going on pure volume Pure uh, volume yeah again like in the like the middle aughts when like pure you like if you were a band you wanted to be on pure volume you wanted to be like right on the front yeah we finding bands like uh, um, um i forgot the name i'll go with this one anyway uh so i remember finding dangerous summer uh oh. again i don't know where they're out of they're still making music today they've got five insanely good albums Uh, They're all super dependable, so I couldn't pick one. I just said anything from The Dangerous Summer.
0: I've literally Um, never heard of them, so I'm going to go listen to them.
1: Dangerous Summer is great. Uh, They have an album called uh, Mother Nature, uh, which is... uh, I think that's their newest one. I think they did an EP uh, during COVID that had like six or seven songs on it. That That was good, but I mean, their Mother Nature was fantastic. War Paint is fantastic, and uh they're self-titled you know it's really great so any of those but start at mother nature because it's kind of the okay. fuller all right. kind of story it's you great. heard him
0: folks Do that you heard him folks yeah, right here hey dude uh i appreciate you being on the show man this was awesome yeah, yeah. all right y'all have a good one all right appreciate you Lee appreciate it dude man what a great what a great episode uh, I love talking to people about scenes that uh I wasn't a part of like I, I just wasn't into a lot of the bands that we talked about i did not that I wasn't into them I, I didn't even really know about a lot of them and uh so I love learning about all that stuff. I've got a lot of uh, records that we talked about. I really am looking forward to checking out. I'm gonna put all these bands in the show notes as well as some links and social things and all that. Make sure you follow Timmy on social. He's at timmy underscore allen. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, T I M M Y underscore A L L E N. Uh, so make sure to follow Timmy, follow The Brightful Co., uh, The Brightful Company at The Brightful CO. And then their website is just TheBrightful.co. Uh, a lot of bands to check out. So make sure that you do that. Thank you so much, Timmy, for being on the show. Uh, just want to mention a few records that I think are great that are coming out this weekend that I'm looking forward to. Um, in the month of May, there's been a lot of cool records coming out. Uh, Liam Gallagher from Oasis has a solo record coming out. The singles off of that are excellent so far. Uh, Def Leppard actually has a new album coming out and they're, they're on the stadium tour. Um, this summer with Motley Crue and Poison and Joan Jett. And uh, I mentioned in the in the episode, I'm going to hit that show in Atlanta. It should be amazing. Uh, but check out their record, uh, Diamond Star Halo is the name of the record. There's a few singles that are out. They're really good. Like uh, I lo- Again, I said this earlier, but I love when bands uh, that have been around for a long time are still making new music. They're still inspired. And also a new record from Wilco called Cruel Country. Uh, is coming out. And I actually just found out about that today. I'm usually up on all the news with Wilco's one of my favorite bands. So I'm usually up on the news with them, but I just found out that's, that's dropping on f- all these records come out Friday, May 27th. So I don't know when you're listening to this uh, podcast, but uh, May 27th, uh, 2022, uh, all those records are coming out. So make sure and check those out. I want to shout out again to Carden Records, our local record shop, um thanks for being a great record shop uh find your local record shop and and go support them buy CDs and tapes and vinyl and what whatever you're into go hook it up and i want to give a shout out to anchor.fm for being a great podcast platform for us to do the myfi podcast on as well as riverside fm make sure to follow myfi podcast on social at myfi podcast on all the social stuff we're on twitter instagram tiktok all the stuff facebook everything subscribe to the podcast that's super helpful uh, for us on whatever you consume your podcast on, whatever platform. We're on Google, Amazon, uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. It's it's everywhere. So uh, go, go subscribe to the channel and make sure you subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Maybe you like to watch podcasts or just listen. You prefer listening on YouTube. We're on there as well. And uh, so, hey, thanks for joining us for pilot episode two. And uh, we'll be back soon with another great episode. Thanks for listening.